Hey y'all, we hope you had a wonderful new year and are looking forward to what Lifetime has in store for 2023 just as much as we are. For now, enjoy this very special rerun of Harry and Meghan, A Royal Romance, and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. A Lifetime Original Podcast. And Naomi, I can I can bring us in. You're going through a lot. Megan, whenever you feel like it. Yeah. I love a Lifetime movie. You just like see a redhead and you're just like, hey, baby, you want some SPF 70? I got some in my bedroom. I The whole film, I was like, maybe I need to get my teeth done. <laughs> Pretty amazing that a British film would make you, you know, aspire to their teeth. So that's huge. A podcast. It's already on the internet. It lives on the internet. It never go away. She reverse colonized England. <laughs> I'm a grown man. I, I should be able to live my life outside of this royal bubble. If he goes on like this, there will be a royal bubble or a bloody throne for either of us to sit on. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie, the podcast that talks all things Lifetime. I am Megan Gailey and I am joined by my faithful leader and co-host, Naomi Ekperrigan. Thank you so much, Megan. That was a beautiful introduction to be told I was faithful or fearless. Faithful. Uh, neither one is true. Faithful. I'm, I'm neither one of those things. You're cheating on me. You're doing another <laughs> Lifetime podcast with someone. <laughs> Never in a million upset. years. Actually, that would be a great um, premise for our film. Like, I Ooh, find out yeah. you're doing a different feuding podcast yes. about Lifetime movies, and then I murder your co-host. <laughs> And the co-host also, like, kind of is your doppelganger. Kind of looks like <laughs> yeah, you. And you're like, yeah. is this weird? Um, but, Megan, we are talking about today something that, you know, I never thought I would have a chance to talk about. Um, we are talking about Harry and Megan, a royal romance. Whew. It's a true departure for mm. the type of films we've done up until this point. Yes. I don't believe Ruby to be a non-fictional character. <laughs> so we are dealing in... Real people, yes. Um, no vampires. Real stakes. Real emotion. And it also it didn't happen that long ago. You know, it's like yeah, there's very there's obviously fresh. flashbacks to things that happen. But this film came out in 2018, right? And even in these three short years, so much has changed, right? Between the relationship that Harry and Meghan have with the family now. Luckily, we did just find out. I mean, I guess not luckily because a lot of it was not good news. <laughs> but we No, it was not. It was not. But, but we did get a real <sighs> window into the world that Meghan was living in when she sat down for her tell-all with Oprah back in March. Honey, my, honestly, not a single thing surprised me in that tell-all. Not a single thing. No. I, if anything, I was like, okay, Harry, you're learning about race. You're discovering things. But of course, everyone's been stuck on Megan. You have, there's like, somebody was worried about Archie's skin color, yeah. how dark he would be. And I was like, that's, that's literally how you know these people do not know anyone darker than a paper bag. Because if you saw light-skinned Megan uh -huh. and Red-headed Harry... <laughs> You ain't got to worry about they baby. <laughs> it's like, okay, you guys don't even understand. You just don't even know. It's like, you ain't, you don't have a black friend. Oh God. Nobody, nobody got a black I friend. I just really hope there were not paint swatches brought out. I'm worried. I'm worried knowing about them. But before we get into all of this drama, were you even a Royals person? Did that interest you? 
I had no interest. Absolutely no interest. I mean, I knew who they were. I kind of like, like, I like the fashions in passing, you know? I'm like yeah. very into the queen and her grandma church suits. I like some of the pomp and circumstance around it because it just is like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is like olden times. So I like to look at it, but like, I'm not very interested. I did watch a little bit of her Megan's wedding. Uh huh. But you know, but when I say I watch these things, I'm watching the clips later. I'm not, I'm not okay. waking up at 4 a.m. Like I know right. many people who do. Well, to I mean, watch and we're in live. LA, so it's like if you're getting up at 6 a.m. in the East Coast, you have to be in a three. strange mental place to get up at 3 a.m. to watch <laughs> strangers you'll never meet get married. You know, so it's I like know. I know. Did you? Are you a royal's head though? So was I a royal's head? No, I definitely like I love Wimbledon. Oh, okay. um, and well, that's a sport, I, and you're very sporty. Yeah, I love tennis. I definitely thought Diana was amazing and beautiful. William and Kate, I definitely like knew about them. Yeah. And their wedding I thought was very beautiful. I again did not wake up early to watch it, but was like excited. If if ever there's like a theme, I do like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I think with Diana though, I was young. Like I think I was too young. Like I knew who she was, of course, but I didn't understand the hoopla around her as like the people's princess or like mm-hmm. you know the mass mourning that sort of took place around it. I wasn't kind of tuned into that. But I remember William and Kate, I was very aware, a girl I went to high school with went to St. Andrews. It was the same year, you know, where I was like their age. And so every now and then we would get a little bit of like William and Kate T. But like she wasn't friends with them, right? But of course everyone in the school knew what was going on in that situation. Right. You know what I mean? And so (laughs) that's like, I remember like being aware of them and their relationship. And it was like, okay, she's a commoner, but she's like, you know, waspy energy. Oh, yeah. I mean, by commoner, it's like she doesn't have royal blood, but she's still really rich and hot. Exactly. Exactly. I'm also like, how are you going to date another royal? That's why y'all be all looking all rough. Okay. You too many recessive traits. You need to bring some fresh blood into the bloodline. And you know who brought the freshest blood, honey? Harry. We definitely have a problematic prince in the the group. (laughs) Megan, this movie really illuminates some things for me. Oh, yeah. I think we might need to get into it, girl. 
Wow. Um, <laughs> neither neither Megan nor Harry live in Botswana. Right. <laughs> um, but we are in Botswana in 1997. It's right after Princess Diana has passed. And this is true. We do. We are using people.com as our fact checker. <laughs> and people.com says that Charles did bring William and Harry to Africa to um, get them out of the, the spotlight. And Harry is really, really upset about having to be this, like, strong little boy. Right. She'd be very proud of you. Why did you make us walk behind the coffin? You had a duty. We all did. To show honor to your mother, to the country, to set an example. I don't want to set an example. Harry. We're seeing little baby Harry in Botswana. He runs off. And so- In cargo pants, in cargo pants. (laughs) I was like, Okay, maybe these are like royal cargo pants. (laughs) One important detail that I would like to bring up is that when Charles comes to find Harry after he's run away, there is a lion that is about to attack Harry. And Charles, as a a dad, um, has a rifle and is going to shoot the lion. And Harry knocks the gun away and he doesn't shoot the lion. And then the lion's like, Thank you, my man, and walks away. So you, you're like this little boy's mourning, but then you're also like, oh, he is a lover of animals, <laughs> right? That was crazy. That was very wild. But it also, it literally started out. I was like, is this a period piece? Anytime a British person is in Africa, I'm convinced it's like 1910. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like when I see them, and like Dad, his rifle looked like it was a, like an antique, and I was like, okay, what's going on? I was like, are they about right, to do something different? And, and I'd like to know the colonialism history of Botswana. Like, does Botswana want them there? I mean, I, 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 I mean. that's the, like, uh, Canada's chill and fine with it. <laughs> and like, you know, I, I, my family goes to the Bahamas every year. They seem to like the queen. But I'm like, does Botswana? I don't know. Like, we're just in Botswana. And we, I don't know all, I mean, I, I know some of the bad things they did. But I, I would like at least like a, a paragraph on the uh, in the opening credits to be like, we're in Botswana and this is the history of how bad the UK was to Botswana. <laughs> but, and then, so as that's happening, we then moved to LA in 1993 yeah. where little Meghan Markle is at her dad's house and she's playing with her dolls and she's making the male doll and the female doll kiss. But then she's also very upset by this dishwashing commercial Mm-hmm. That was geared towards women. But gloves are coming off. Women are fighting greasy pots and pans all over America with Ivory Clear. And Meghan yeah. Markle, as a wee gal, was like, that's not fair. It's not right for kids to grow up thinking these things. That just mom does everything. They should say people, not women. You wash just as many dishes. Well, I know it. Dad, I'm serious. They're making it seem like women belong in the kitchen. And you see, it's like, ooh, Megan's trying to change the world. When I saw the dad, I was shocked. I thought the dad, like, that was probably the biggest revelation of the whole film for me. I thought the dad and her were, like, estranged from her childhood. And she, like, hated him and he was always an issue. And then watching this film, I was like, oh, I've been not nice to the dad, I think, in my head. (laughs) I had created, like, a real Maury Povich dad in my head. And then seeing this dad, I'm like, oh, he actually seems, like, pretty normal. Megan, you literally see one scene with the dad and he never reappears again. So let's not pretend. He does later. He does. Remember, he, he he comes back. He comes back. 
But what this opening scenes of both of them does set up, which is kind of a theme of the movie, is Harry is good, Megan is good. They are good. You're not going to get, like, nitty-gritty skeletons going about <laughs> about either of them. Like, it, you fall in love with both of them as children, and I think that that's done on purpose. Well, it's not just to me. It's interesting you say that we see they're both good. To me, the scenes are both, like, these are two kids who don't play by the rules because okay, their whole yeah. relationship is, like, shouldn't even be happening, right? So Harry's yeah. the one running around Africa saying, I don't want to set an example, and Megan is like, I got to write a letter to the dish soap. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they're yeah. both like not going to do what society expects of them, even at like age eight. And I'm like, honestly, well, bless. Mm -hmm. We really quickly get off of that like childhood moment because then mm -hmm. we get to present day and we're seeing them, you know, now 2016. Okay. We're going a whopping five years back, honey in our mm -hmm. history. And we are seeing now grown Megan, grown Harry and grown Harry is a little bit of a party boy. He's mm -hmm. like out in these streets, whereas grown Megan is working on suits, a yeah. legal drama. If you think you're going to silence me with a cheap threat, you are going to get the surprise of your life. And even if you somehow manage to shut me up, there are a thousand other women who will take my place. So I'm going to ask you this once. Ooh, girl, Megan don't play. Not even on a fictional TV show. But here's the thing. I will be honest with you. I have never seen Suits a day in my life. Me either. But there is something very inspiring about someone you never knew they existed. And meanwhile, they have eight years of a television show under their belt and yeah. go on to marry a royal. I mean. Yeah. Because like at one point she, when their relationship gets out later in the film, she's like, it's my publicist. And I'm like, you have a publicist if you're on a USA <laughs> show that no one watches? I mean, I like, okay, then let's get publicists. You know I, mean? like, I want one. Megan I'd wants like a publicist. One. If anyone's listening, Megan would like a publicist. She will not pay you. Pro bono. Yes. Pro bono. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to need to take me on as like your case of like, you write me off in some way. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. You're, you're I'm charity. I'm a tax write-off. Yeah, you're a charity. Yes, exactly. Um, but here's the thing. So Megan is working on suits. You know, Harry is out living that party life, but he's sort of like wanting to settle down. He's feeling like he hasn't mm -hmm. found the right girl. And he's have and he has this conversation with William, mm -hmm. who, okay, Lifetime, I love y'all, but y'all were, you did William dirty. Y'all did and William I, and Kate and dirty it. with this I casting. Think it, this casting I was think savage. Well, because this is the th growing up, it was always like, oh my God, Prince William, Prince William, Prince William. He's so hot. He's so hot. He's so hot. And then people would be like, Ugh, and then there's truly the redheaded like boy. And and now as life has evolved, Harry is the hunk and William has no hair, which is crazy to me because like I know men in L.A. that got hair. So, like, why didn't William, did, like, did he think we would not, or maybe he's just like, I'm a prince and I'm married to a princess, like, it, I can yeah. be bald, and, but it's like a bad bald. Exactly, um, it's not even, he, that's a problem, it's like a little wispy on top. I, I, I like a bald man. But. Yeah, it's like Anthony Davis's um, uh, unibrow. It's like, I almost feel like they're doing it to troll us at this point because there's so many <laughs> solutions that there are, that they could <laughs> deploy. And they're just like, nope, my hair looks like carpet that's been ripped up, not correctly. <laughs> so I thought, so that is me saying, lifetime bravo on the cast. <laughs> 
but it very much sets up this like theme of the of of Harry's life kind of of like William and Kate are this perfect royal couple you know Mm -hmm. they they run in the same circle they went to school together they have all the same same type of friends even though she's a quote-unquote commoner she comes from this she's a socialite of of london her family is extremely wealthy Mm -hmm. and gorgeous and you know pippa's tight butt we all know everything about it right so Harry has to look at his brother and and see his beautiful marriage and their beautiful children and go, oh, you know, maybe I do want that. It's interesting, though, because like he's out at the club and then his family is also like they really give him a dressing down. And I need you guys to briefly listen to this very quick clip where Prince Charles kind of reads Harry just a bit. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. And I'm afraid Pa is not amused. It was a private club. I can't even let off steam like any normal person. I'm not sure any of this is normal. Least of all you. Now, this, what you just heard is the first and only reference to the Nazi costume. And that is what first problem I have. If you do a movie on Harry, I'm gonna need a full in-depth explanation of the Nazi costume. I need to yeah. know, I need to know what his thinking was, okay? He was up in here wearing a Nazi costume to a party. That part I'll never forget. Even as someone who didn't know the Royals, I remember that shit. See, I don't remember that at all. And, and Naomi, this is really bad. I have erasure in my brain. I don't remember it in the film. He was just, he just kind of like mentions it as a throwaway. And I was like, okay, um, if anyone could break that down for me. And then I thought, okay, at least they're mentioning it. Maybe I'll hear about it later when he has to explain himself to his biracial lover. It it would have been great if that had been the scene from Harry's past that we were shown, you know? <laughs> He's like, and so I don't want to set Meghan, an example. Yes, feminist child and let's meet her future husband. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, you know, Megan has broken up with her husband, broken up, her divorced, right? Mm-hmm. She's like a single lady. She's hanging out. And then a friend of hers, when she tells her friend she's going to Wimbledon, her friend goes, I'm going to set you up with somebody. I think there's someone who you might like to meet. Too soon for a blind date? A little. Of course. I understand. But then again, as I was just painfully reminded, I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> well, neither is this one, but he's handsome, rich, well-connected, yeah. and unlike his older brother, he still has his hair. Now, who was this person who set them up? Like, I need to know how that is going down. Who is the yeah. person who knows both a royal and a cast member of Suits? Who's this person? In, in the film, it's like a stylist. Um, and that seems no. like that's possible. I don't think that's possible. I just feel like there's such different worlds. Like if you have access to Harry to be like, I'll set you up. You don't just like text the prince. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is she doing that she texting the prince? That's what I want to know. I mean, no, I, I I, just know the info's out there and I'm proud of us that we don't know who it is. <laughs> like, I'm like, listen, listeners, you thought we were lying about not knowing about Harry and Meghan and here we are. We're like, who set him up? Watch the film. No clue. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so they are, um, and, and the, in the movie, it's very much set up like it's a blind date yeah. and like it, they almost make it seem like Megan didn't know she was going to meet him, but she like obviously did because there's security briefing and they go to Soho house and it's like shut down. Right. And, um, 
the friend, I believe in the real life, is a member of Soho House. Harry is a member of Soho House. Of course. I don't even know if this is... Because, like, I'm thinking the Soho House in L.A. that, like, I've <laughs> been to. So it's, like, I, like, changed in the bathroom there. I can't imagine <laughs> that it's, like, the same caliber as the one in London. So maybe I'm saying things wrong. Um, but but Megan gets there. She's in a very, like, businessy outfit. She was giving us an Olivia Pope number. She's like in mm-hmm. this white dress. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's sleeveless, but it's high neck, very fitted. It felt very Olivia, very how to get away with murder energy. Very suits. Yeah. Too. Like well, whenever she was out, I was like, is she just taking clothes from her suits character? Honestly, I would if I could, right? It's like, put that in the contract, keep the clothes. And she's like, but she's there and she's at this, you know, the restaurant that they've shut down. So she's in there alone. You guys, the prince ain't there. Harry ain't coming. I'm telling you, Meghan Markle sat there for 40 minutes and waited for Harry to come through the door. Now, Meghan, Meghan, not Markle. Meghan, not Markle. That's you. Yeah. I remember I got, I met this one guy. He was like, let's meet up for breakfast. And it was someplace that was like really she, she. So you have to get there early to wait in line. And we were meeting oh. at like 10 AM, which was already like, I don't even know why I agreed to that. But I was like, you know what? A morning date means there will be no funny business. He must be like for real. Right. And then I'm standing there. He don't roll up for like 27 minutes. So he made you stand in line. Thank you. Now, Megan. No, 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 no. That's, that's like manipulative. That's, well, Bad. he was like, he was like, he's like, oh, I got hung over last night or whatever. No, excuse but me. it was literally like the problem I had was I was hungry. You see what I'm saying? He got yeah. me there ready to eat some breakfast. And so I'm standing there. I'm like, OK, well, I'm already here. I went from Harlem to downtown. So I'm like, OK, I'm already here. Let me just like, I guess, chill because now I'm now I'm in the mood for pancakes. And mm-hmm. then <laughs> the place, because it did have such a line, I was like, oh, well, maybe it's cute. But like 27 minutes, he was three minutes shy of when I was going to leave. Yeah. And had you been texting? Like, were you guys in contact for him to I say, like, I'm going to be late? I definitely got a text that was like, I'm on my way. Sorry. You know, like, shit, sorry. I'm away. You know, whatever. Like, he, you know, woke up late. Um, So I got that, which is how I even knew to keep waiting. But, you know, Megan is on suits, honey. She's, she's already coming to you six seasons, all right? She is making a life in Toronto. She is thriving, as she likes to make very clear. I think the issue here is like they don't have well when I was watching it at least it's like they don't have each other's numbers I'm sure well, right and so he's not able to like give her a heads up but then you see his attitude in the car before he gets out and it's like oh it seems like he comes late on purpose mm-hmm. and does not care about this yes and I do want us to listen to how Megan addressed him showing up late I'm Megan Hello. Yeah, I'm, I'm married. Uh, you look... Thank love- you. I'm going to actually need you to hold off on the compliments until you have apologized for being 40 minutes late. Was I? Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't realize. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm, I now would, I'm bored. I would not have the confidence to talk to anyone like that, <laughs> let alone a prince. Like, when people show up late, I'm going to be passive aggressive about it for mm-hmm. the remainder of the meal. But I'll be like, that's totally fine. I've just been here looking at things. <laughs> and, and, and I had some bed and I went pee three times and I talked to the waiter. You know, like I'll pretend that it's fine. And she's just like, screw you. This restaurant is shut down. I can't make small talk with anybody here. 
I loved it. I mean, I think, well, here's the thing. So the actor who plays Harry, ooh, he can get it. Honey, he can get it. Yeah. He can keep I it. Mean, and if he want to return it, I'll give him store credit. Megan, I love him. The thing is, like, Meghan Markle, she knows she's fine. So she knows yeah. she can she can give Harry an attitude because even though he's royal, she's fine. <laughs> so that's why she can tell him what to do. And that's, and him and that's like, why I'm eating breadsticks acting like it's okay. Right. You know? I don't have six seasons on suits under my belt. <laughs> so she was just, like, telling him like it is. But also, if anything, I was like, she did it. And, of course, the acting, you know, Parisa Fitzhenley is playing Meghan Markle, and she is just, I mean, cute as a button. I think she's beautiful, Georgina. talented. And there are moments where she looks identical, like identical. <laughs> and then there are moments where she does not. And I don't know what happened, but it, it's really like true. Like, like there were moments where I was like, oh, I'm watching Meghan. And then there were moments That's where I was like, who is this person? Who, she never really... She looked like her to me but she had the I mean she had the general vibe she had the like biracial queen vibe and then like was very cute she had a lot of like big smiles and a lot of like mm-hmm. ah, like I'm a, I'm a girl yeah and I'm in love beautiful teeth you know some, yeah I the whole film I was like maybe I need to get my teeth done <laughs> <laughs> maybe not not for like my husband like right. for for yourself I also think you have great teeth, but I was going to say that it is pretty amazing that a British film would make you, you know, aspire to their teeth. So that's huge. Well, that's huge. I think I think we're seeing teeth that run the gamut, you Uh know, uh so uh we're we're uh getting before and afters in one film. Absolutely. Um, The date like, okay, so Harry basically has this thing with his driver to be like, oh, come and tell me there's like an emergency when there's not. He came in fast. He came in after like five minutes. I'm like, that is rude. At least I'm get a drink. And then, and Harry like tells him to leave because they'd already hit it off. And then the date goes so well. It like really, it honestly gave me chills. I like loved (laughs) watching it because I don't really even like romance that much, but like knowing that this, like that at some point they had a really beautiful, fun first date that they like stayed up talking and it it just was really sweet it made me like excited for them it's funny because I noticed when I was talking to you before where I was like oh I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get through this movie I think I've just gotten too bitter and too weary when I see like love stories I'm very like "Mm mm-hmm it's always a cute first date like that's how I feel about love because I'm like because here's the thing to me what it feels like is those are two people who wanted to be in a relationship uh-huh. And when you, and I, to me, I think half the battle of making anything work is just wanting to be in a damn thing. You know what I mean? That you're willing to right. like stand by it, put up with stuff, power through. Because basically it was like, Harry was like, all right, I'm ready. And we mm-hmm. all now know he is obsessed with Africa. He went to Botswana at a very crucial point in his life. Harry right. is down with the brown. Okay. And he, cons- mm-hmm. and so he feel like if he could have. He would have married a woman in Botswana, honey. But he knew the queen wouldn't allow it. So he said, okay, okay, we'll go with Markle from Suits. Because that is what he wants. Because he's the fifth in line to the throne. Harry know he ain't about to be in charge. He was like, let me go to Africa and let me get my life. And I feel like that is what like he really is about. Wow. That's my theory. I said it. I said it. Okay. But, I, but even when the sun came up, this is bad too. When the sun came up, I was like, I can't believe they haven't had sex. <laughs> I was like, 
how are they not blacked out and how do they not have sex? And it's and then I'm like, oh, I guess normal people behave differently than me. <laughs> well, also people who want to lock down that prince. Megan right. knew what she wanted, honey. Yeah, you can't have sex with a prince on the first date. Megan That's knew what she wanted. <laughs> Megan Markle knew what was up, okay? Yeah. And I think she went in there. Like, that's the thing. It's so funny because she does pretend. It's like, well, you're just any old guy. And it's like, you know he's the prince, and that's why you want to marry him. Megan, Megan, not Markle. I'm telling you, if Harry was not a prince, nobody would be looking at him like he's cute. You would not think he was cute, Megan. Yes, Markle. I would. He's tall. He ain't he's that got tall. Red hair. Yeah, he is tall. Let me look up how tall he is. Yeah, you go ahead he's to tall. look it up. He has red hair, and and I'm not even necessarily like into redheads just because I'm an Auburn head and I want to give my children a fighting chance. <laughs> so it's like, I can't procreate. I say co-pro-procreate. You can't co-produce. <laughs> you cannot collaborate with. <laughs> Listen, I can't be a co-EP on a redheaded child. Okay, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Okay, that okay. is the quote of the episode. I can't Prince be a co-EP on a redheaded child. Right. I'm writing He's it down. He's six one. Oh, okay, that's cute. Okay, that's cute. Okay, okay that's cute. Okay, that's cute. <laughs> Do you like redheads? You know I love a redhead, honey. One of my one of my most dynamic lovers was an Australian. Redheaded, Ooh. and he was an identical twin. I called him my what? Weasley. I called him my Weasley. Um, but he was, I thought he was so cute. You know what I love about redheads? Because it's like literally as white as you can be while also being a minority. And that's a beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. You're, you're alabaster, but you're also such a small group. And then also, yeah. and it's like, oh my God, you just like see a redhead and you're just like, hey baby, you want some SPF 70? I got some yeah. in my bedroom. You know what I mean? Like that's how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. After their beautiful marathon first date, Megan and Harry, like Megan's at home and in the movie, she is reading The Crown, the book, when she yeah. gets a call from Harry. How are you? What are you doing? I'm, um, reading the script. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, just the usual royal stuff. Anyway, you said you had to shoot all July, but I want to take you someplace special for our next day. And then, you guys, we cut to Megan and Harry landing in Botswana. In Botswana! Okay. We're back in Botswana! We're back. We are at the 22-minute mark of the film, and we have been to Botswana one time for each 11 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Megan. I'm just going to say it. I think taking your black lover to Africa is too on the nose. Mm-hmm. I think to have an early date in Africa, it's just like him trying to, it's like him being like, see, I'm down. It's the ultimate, I have a black friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like taking it to the max. And I said, there's no need for this. Because here's the thing. When they were on that date in Botswana, they're like talking about their feelings. She's talking about being biracial. And then he goes and talks about being redheaded because that's his cross to bear. Try being a ginger in England. A ginger. A redhead. Ah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Why are the Harry Potter films so unrealistic? Why? Because a ginger kid has two friends. <laughs> what did the ginger make for dinner? What? Reservations for one. Aww. Okay, last one. What do gingers look forward to later in life? I don't know what. Grey hair, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> Ooh, that got me. That got me. 
I thought that was so funny. He was again. I I I just told you I do. You know, redheads are a minority, but it that ain't the angle, Harry. That is not the angle to take, baby boy. Okay. I I just can't even imagine saying these things after, like you would be pouring your heart out to me. I mean, it's just really, it's oh boy, so you know, nuts. And I said, when does he talk about wearing a Nazi costume? <laughs> That's when you need to tell me. You done brought me to Africa. I need to know why you wore a Nazi costume. Yeah. But here's my question for you. Do you think? Do you think he paid for her to go IRL? Do you know what I mean? Like they flew yeah. prime and he was like, come. So that's why you go on the date. Like if someone's well, like, yeah. I want to take you to Africa. It's like, all right, what else am I doing? A free trip he, to Africa? Yeah, I, I'm sure he sent a plane for her, yeah. got her in Toronto, brought her to London or wherever he was. Yeah, and, and they, they flew, flew together. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's... The but see, and this is why I am bitter and pessimistic. I'm like, well, honey, anybody can be in love in first class. You know well, what I'm saying? Right. It's all coming up rose. Well, and this isn't even first class. This is private. And I don't think it's a small private. I don't think it's like one of those private planes where you have to say what your weight is. I think they're <laughs> just like, get in, girl. We got you, you know? Um, but yeah, it's very much kind of like people's criticism of the bachelor like, right right the yes, fairy tale. if you're staying in the penthouse for a week with people you're gonna you're gonna f- fall in love and of course. Exactly. you know we we met our husbands in a hopeless place and that's actually the real testament of love exactly the real test i could love anybody when we are on a private jet do mm-hmm. i love you when we are both without jobs and eating our feelings that's and the truth love. is no, um, no, I'm kidding. I love being locked in this house. Um, so they go on this date. At this point in Megan's life, and and I'm guessing to some extent, Harry's, no one knows about this relationship. Um, and so Megan confides in the, her like makeup hairstylist. I really did love seeing makeup people on hair. People, those are always like my best friends on set. You know, like I have no other friends. Even the other writers are like, get away from us. And I'm like... I bet Cheryl will talk to me. So I love being in a hair and makeup trailer. Just makes me feel at peace. And and he basically is like, you cannot go down this path. This will be like a true nightmare. Your life will be crazy. And Megan goes to break up with Harry. And then lo and behold, Harry is right there. He's at the door. In Toronto. I had to bring these myself. Do you have any idea how much they charge for delivery? He's at the door of her trailer holding flowers. I mean, can you die? I just love love Harry getting onto set. Do you know what I mean? Him just like walking and be like, I'm here for Meghan Markle. And it's like, do you have a pass? Do you have a drive on? You know, like he's. They don't let you onto sets, you know? Like, well, he's a royal. He's a royal. They let him on. They let him on. Um, So he ends up staying with her in Toronto. For a few days, but again, because the relationship is on the low, low, you know, he's got to pretty much stay in the house, which it's like, welcome to 2020. And finally, she's like, okay, we're going to go to the Suits Halloween party. And like, and you're going to dress as a frog. Right. um, With a full frog head on. And I'm going to dress as Hillary Clinton. Um, who, which, who she thought was going to be the president? Yeah, and he says all... first female president, and it was tough. I that was it's it was PTSD, you right. know, like it. 
20 we maybe maybe just going forward we can't have any films set in 2016 i agree i definitely agree we cannot set anything in 2016 or 2020 for that matter oh no i guess 2020 wasn't wasn't good either (laughs) so at the suits party though harry okay still a party boy he he shows his identity which means he takes off his giant frog head to order some drinks and of course, people instantly spot him and are very mean to him. I remember when you were in the army and the papers made it look like you were flying all those Apaches. You know what I heard? They put you in the co-pilot seat because you couldn't handle it. <laughs> you just sat there in the cockpit making noises the whole time. <laughs> so absolutely mean. Like, mean. Like, bullying. Like, the, the kids in Ruby's high school. Like, so mean. And I'm like, I have never met a Canadian act like this. I cannot imagine speaking to the prince of basically your country. Like, it was so crazy. Right. And then Megan takes off her Hillary mask and they're like, sorry, Megan. Guess what? Your grandma can kiss my ass. No, that's enough of that. Megan, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was you. Why should that even matter? <laughs> what? This is crazy. <laughs> Megan was treated at the Suits Halloween party like she was the Queen of England. <laughs> and that's how you know she and Harry are right for each other. Megan knows. Megan knows what it is to be in the upper echelon. She's like, I can handle these plebeians. Oh my God, you guys, this relationship goes on a royal whirlwind. I am not joking with you. I need to catch a breath. I need to take a breath, Megan, because we have we have been to London, Toronto, Botswana, and we are just not even halfway through the movie, honey. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Woo, honey. So now, I mean, the Suits Halloween party blows their cover for sure. Of course. And this is when we go from it being just Harry and Meghan to the whole world Mm -hmm. being invited into their relationship. And it's really a zero to 60 moment for them. Um, The best part for me, you know, is when the... You know, I don't know what his name... I don't know what his title is, but basically the person on the royal staff whose job it is to vet people and like do publicity. And he's literally like reading her uh, about like what she talks about on her blog, the TIG. And, and this is literally my favorite part. You guys, you have got to listen to Harry defend his lover's blog. Whatever even is the TIG. It's just the lifestyle blog. 
Your Highness, would you consider asking her to shut down the blog? It's rather... Not a chance in hell. That blog's part of her identity. Perhaps she could keep it to uh, fashion tips and makeup. Uh, but the reason she puts that stuff on there is to draw girls into bigger, deeper conversations. It's a community of inspiration. Can't take down her blog. Don't make her take will, down her blog. She will not take down her blog. <laughs> She's like, she helps young girls. And I'm like, honey, I ain't never heard of that website. Okay. And no. I was the target audience. With somebody who was like this <laughs> lifestyle brand, I did not know her. Okay, Mariah Carey style. But but wouldn't if someone came after you, wouldn't you want Andy to be like, Naomi will not take down her podcast? <laughs> A podcast! It's already on the internet. It lives on the internet and never go away. <laughs> that was really good, actually. It was way more like cockney. Yeah, it was very it was cockney. Like, we could do a Jack the Ripper like musical. Uneducated British. <laughs> we it was not very posh. You could no, that was good. You could do a very like either like a Jack the Ripper or a Sweeney Todd. You know what I mean? So that's good. So now we're in the whole like, how can we make Megan? This is if this was a fictional film, this is when like a makeover would happen. But right. Megan's already like hot and has good hair, so <laughs> we do not need a makeover. But we do need a makeover of who she is on the inside and her personality and the way people think about her. Yes. So instead of introducing them like to everybody at once, he's like, I'll have her meet Kate and William, um, who up until this point, I would say in the film. I was like, ooh, Kate Middleton is a lot bitchier and shady than I thought she was. Interesting. I thought they made her seem nicer than I thought she was. Oh, wow. I was like, they sanded her edges. Because I know Kate wasn't having her. Because as you said, Megan, Kate was, she even though she wasn't royal, she was a quote-unquote commoner, she came from being rich and fancy. And yeah. I don't think anybody in the UK, they don't really, they don't, um, necessarily exalt their actors and actresses the way we do in the U.S. So to no, them, it's like, I, she's no. an actress. She is a biracial divorcee from America who was on a USA show. Right. I mean, if that ain't the American dream, I don't know what is. She, like, reverse colonized. She reverse right, colonized yeah. England. Yeah. <laughs> she did? So this, this is when we meet um, Bella, who is a fictional character, but is sort of a combination of all the things that or all the people that that Megan may have come in contact with and I do think this clip is important to just paint a picture of the type of thing she was up against the good news is he knew exactly what he was getting Violet gave him the whole rundown almost like a male order bride <laughs> except you've already been married once haven't you yes I saw online that you did the Jewish chair dance at your wedding did you convert to your husband's religion, or was that just for sure? Okay. Relax, darling. I'm just trying to prepare you. Um, that's mm -hmm. not nice. Mm -hmm. I don't like when people do that type of thing of like, <laughs> I'm just trying that. I'm just trying to help you right. by being as mean to you as possible. It's like, oh, right. there's a private secretary man who talks to me. Like, I don't <laughs> need you to be shady. Right. Why are you, like, you clearly had sex with Harry at some point. Right. Like, that's right. all I was getting from <laughs> it. It's like, you clearly want to be with Harry and had sex with him. And you're mad that I'm here moving in on your man because you have thin hair. <laughs> But then Megan, rightly so, she's like, I got to take a breather. And she, like, leaves the party for a second. It's just like, honey, these white people are trying me. And she just has to, like, get her air. And then Harry comes out. And, like, then this scene, you know, Megan kind of talks to Harry about race and what it is yeah. to be, you know, a black person in a white world. 
by first of all recounting a story at the Hollywood Bowl where I her mother was I called was, the N-word. And I was I like, was very sad about that story. But before we got to the really sad part of the story, I was like, what show were you guys seeing? <laughs> well, I, I just, really, I just I felt like for Megan, though, for Marco, like I've been there when you take a white lover and you have to try to teach them about race. But it's like, I'm sorry, y'all are in your 30s. If you don't know by now, you better ask somebody who's not me. I cannot take a white who needs to be taught about race after the age of like 21 and a half. I'm telling you, if you don't know by the time you are like out of college age, I don't want to be the one. Google it, babe. Read a book. I cannot be sitting here being like, do you know what it is to be black in a white environment? Yeah. And and I guess this is going to come as no surprise to anyone. I don't know the racial history of Great Britain. I mean, <laughs> I know that they created, you know, colonialism. Uh-huh. And so they're like, uh, bad for that. But it seems like we're probably worse, I'm guessing. Well, it's interesting. I, I definitely think, I think we're worse in some ways. I think the thing is because Britain has colonized a bunch of people, a bunch of brown people can have lived there right so yeah whether you like it or not it's a melting pot the uk or at least parts of it um but at the same time it is to me the times i have been to england um it feels like it is very wrapped up in class you know and there's like almost like this caste system so they're very kind of conscious so it's like you can be here but you will never kind of be at our level right Uh, so it's like like America, I guess. <laughs> and, and maybe that's what Kate's character is referencing when she's like, I was a commoner. Like, I was never going to be of their world. Mm-hmm. So even though I am rich and beautiful and, you know, my sister's butt is famous and all those things, <laughs> I'll never be royal. And so I'll always be a second class citizen. Yes. Yes. But also, you know, I feel like to me what she's done... Kate, honey, Kate is staying trim and popping out babies. She said, I ain't going to do anything y'all can talk about. So this is when we start to see just the teeth and the nastiness of the paparazzi and the media, which like, I, you know, we, I think the Britney doc has definitely opened a lot of eyes. We know they're bad. When we see groups of grown men trying to take pictures of children outside of shops, it's like, this is bad, but also like we're referencing people.com right now. So it, it is a complicated thing. But you see Megan's mom being accosted by the paparazzi. Outside of her own house. Like she is just trying to get home. And the American press her. is in on it. The British press. It's, it's a global, like, yeah. story, which yeah. is so rare, too. You know, like, right, I feel like there's right. so few global celebrities because America is so much like, we are the we are the top, and anyone you have famous is not interesting or cool to us. <laughs> like, in, in the UK, the news is global. In the US, it's like, what's happening in Springfield? All 75 <laughs> of them. But while mom is, like, getting, you know, accosted... The paps, the other paps are at Megan's house. They're in Toronto trying to like literally break down her door. And so it's like terrifying and stressful. And Harry decides to craft a statement to the press. And he's like, I want to make a statement. Sir, we cannot dignify this with a response. You know that. I know what I want to say. Start typing. And he kind of like steps up and is like, Y'all did my girl wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and Prince Charles is like, please don't. And I love when the actor, he's like, his uh, girlfriend 
Meghan Markle has been subject to a wave of abuse and harassment. Like, he couldn't say the word girlfriend. It was too undignified for him to even read the word aloud. But then Harry goes to Meghan, goes to her house, or goes to her mom's house, and Meghan is, and this is where I was like, huh? Meghan was pissed. Yes. She was real mad at Harry, y'all. At the flick of a bejeweled wrist. I should have talked to you first. Yeah, you think? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then Prince Harry's worried about Ms. Merkel's safety and is deeply disappointed that he's not been able to protect her. That's all true. Protect me? What's the problem with that? The problem is that I am not some damsel in distress who needs to be rescued by her Prince Charming. Oh, you know I didn't mean it like that. No one is saying you are not an independent woman. Yeah. Also, if you were such an in, if you were so if you were so inextricably linked to your independence, you would not marry someone in the royal family. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this I'm like so I'm very like uh-huh because because basically she gets mad at him. He's like, you know, and then he eventually leaves. And then Megan's mother rightly so sh- points out like he wanted his to protect life is you. Terrible. Right? <laughs> he's like, the his paparazzi life killed is his mother. Terrible. Yeah, the paparazzi <laughs> murdered his mother. Right. And then he had to walk behind the casket yeah. and then go to Botswana and almost get attacked by a lion. Okay, so this <laughs> little boy, I was like so happy that the mom had so much empathy mm-hmm. and was able to point out like he is playing within the rules that his whole life has been and and he broke one of the rules but like you can't expect him to understand what it's like to be anything but what he is exactly and also it's like babe at this rate at i mean at this timeline y'all have been together maybe six months and you've seen each other four times so you can't act like he's supposed to know every part of your heart and soul yeah exactly how you react to what He's over here getting all this heat from the royals, honey. He can't even walk around Kensington Palace without them being like, are you done with the black girl? Like, he is on one. Yeah. And you're over here, and the paps are beating down your door. It's like two different things right now. Yeah, because, like, I consider myself to be, like, a very independent, like, you know, we have different bank accounts. Me too, like, thank I, you. Yeah, we, we, we have chosen a career that takes a, a certain level of, like, guard and independence mm-hmm. and, like, I don't, I don't give an F, you know? And I love being taken care of, like, <laughs> truly. And I'm not saying that that's how everybody is, but that's, that's, like, an idiosyncrasy that, you're right, he wouldn't necessarily know that. And also, they're not mutually exclusive. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Right. It's like, and it seems like, and, and and again, she realizes it because as soon as her mother kind of makes it clear to her, she's like, oh my God, what am I doing? I have to go to him. And that's one of the things I do love about Lifetime. The fall from grace is short. You know what I mean? Like we didn't live yeah. in that darkness long. No, honey. I we didn't got want to right- I was sad. When they broke up, I was really, I, I also was so not expecting it. Yes. Like it seemed like she was going to break up with him. Like that's what, was going to happen in her mind. And I was like, what? I didn't see that coming. And so I was really, really sad. And then, yes, her mom takes her to the private airport. And I forgot that word for a second. It's been so long. (laughs) And she's able to talk her way into them grounding the plane. Can you imagine? Like, literally, and she literally shows the woman a picture. She's like, see, we're a couple. And it's like, ma'am, you could have taken that while you were on a tour. Okay? (laughs) Like, you are not together. You could have photoshopped that. Yeah, at Madame Tussauds. (laughs) Um, and so she gets on the plane and they get back together and I was happy. You were happy they got back together, but then it was like, none of this stuff is solved. Exactly. You know, like all of this, 
all of this racism and sexism and classism and the divorcee and the paparazzi, it's all still there. Megan just has a better understanding of his perspective of it now. Right. And then they, and then when they're, they're they're in London and Megan comes to the party for Pippa's wedding. To me, best case scenario. I know. I'm like, who wants to sit through all that British I, pomp and circumstance? It, there's, I've definitely been not invited to ceremonies. I'm invited, I'm invited to receptions. And it's like, I don't want to go to that anyways. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all you've done is spare me. <laughs> Before Megan comes, Harry does have an altercation with an older white royal, I guess, who was wearing a racist pin. I said, you know what I call them in my notes? I call them, well, white royal aunties <laughs> like okay the equivalent yes. of like yeah. auntie energy just like two old judgy ladies yeah and they're over here in the corner like when are you gonna stop dating that black girl and then one of them is wearing a blackamoor pin which is literally a symbol from when england colonized africa and harry Not is like lady. take that off and what yeah. i love is like that also feels very right to me because when you are just, and I'm telling you this based on my experience going to a liberal arts college, when you are a white man who discovers that racism is real uh, via sex with a black woman, it does change you. It does change yeah. you. You start yelling at everybody. You start trying oh. to tell people what to do. Oh, I, I, I definitely have become woke to the Filipino plight since being with CJ. Yes, 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 yes. And so you're not going to step to a Filipino while I'm in the room, (laughs) all right? We're not going to do that. So, I, yeah, he's like, I got to defend my my woman. And Kate sort of takes her away. They go to the bar, and they have a moment. It's like, you know, I have sister-in-laws, and you do need this moment of, like, bonding with them, almost. Okay, so at this point in the movie, we take a sad turn into a lot of discussion about Princess Diana's death. Right. But it was interesting because it also then tied into, you know, then you see this moment where she's like, um, what are we doing here? What is our future going to be? She's like, I need to start making babies. And I thought to myself, you have not even been proposed to, ma'am. Were you really coming in that kind of hot? And this goes back to what I was saying about people just being like in ready for a relationship. So it was like, we have to do this. And then he, he reacts weirdly to it, which I personally thought made perfect sense. I was like, yeah, what is she doing? But then Kate and William are like, it's the anniversary of Diana's death. He gets weird. It's better to, you know, he usually like gets away from it all. So what does Megan do? What does Markle do? She takes him to Botswana. To We're back Africa. in Africa. We're, We're back, back in, in Africa, Africa in Act Three. We are thrilled to have you back so soon, Your Highness. That was Megan's idea. I wanted to see the work you're doing here at City Valley. It's incredibly important. Thank you, but we couldn't do it without the support of Prince Harry. He's been a godsend, just like his mom. Okay, this whole movie is like a reverse coming to America. It is a back to Africa. It is, how do I get my groove back? Mm -hmm. And in theory, Megan brings him there to feel better, but then they get in a huge fight, but then they make up and have sex, and then there's a marriage proposal. Yes. Yeah, it's like a very like (laughs) low-key, you know, I want to marry you. And of course, she says yes right away because this was the plan the whole time, to marry a prince. Yeah. (laughs) And then he moves to Toronto, which I didn't didn't know. Um, Yes. And so Megan is still on Suits, and then she meets her hair and makeup guy's, like, niece. Yeah, a little black girl. A little black girl. And And it's explained to Megan. And this is, again, another thing where I'm like, see, it's explained to me. You know, the little girl's so excited to meet her, wants her to sign something. 
And then the makeup artist is like, Honey, she doesn't watch Suits. That's not why she's a fan. For a little girl like her, someone like you marrying to the royal family, that's huge. Oh, okay. All right. Come on now. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, Megan realizes, like, wow, I think that I could be an inspiration. Mm-hmm. And now, I really, I'm really ready to go all in on this royal life. Which, I'm sorry, what? I guess I just don't get how she wouldn't know that already. Exactly. But <laughs> like so it's a I realization. Guess, I guess I see what you're saying. And so then they then they start to go through this process that is like much more official. He really gets down on one knee. And in the eyes of the crown, they have to go to the queen yes. and get her blessing for it yes. because of some law written in 900 AD. <laughs> so a law from the King James Bible that says right. that a young Red-headed boy must get permission to marry a biracial woman from Suits. Yes. And so they go and meet the queen and they have this come to Jesus with the queen where it makes it, where it's set up like, will she give us permission? Will she not? And then this turn happens. I believe the real question is, do you want it? Yeah, of course we do. Yes, but does Megan want it? I'm asking her, dear. Okay, so it's more the queen is like, do I have Megan's permission? (laughs) (laughs) It is like so funny and like so wild. But Megan, you are you are also you're missing the key part of that entire interaction, which is when the queen takes Meghan Markle to a painting of Queen Charlotte. Listen to this. I've always loved this portrait of our ancestor, Queen Charlotte. Because the painter, Ramsey, didn't try to hide her African heritage. Oh, yes. You're of mixed race, Harry. So am I. Okay, and now these now royals, well, that's now you that's why I missed it, because I was uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> she literally is like, we're mixed race, too. And Harry's loving it, because he's already been talking about being redheaded and being oppressed. And now he's going to find out he's got, like, a one drop in him, you know, using the one drop rule. I was like, this is hilarious. And I love that, like, in the movie, Megan's like, wow, this is an inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're the I'm same. Like, no one knew Charlotte was part black at the time. She was living an imitation of life, honey, hiding that from everyone. So, you know, I'm like, I can't be too inspired if she wasn't able to actually be like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, anyway, yeah. anyway. Um, and so now this is when Harry actually gets down on his knee. They have the queen's permission. They get engaged. The queen makes a speech to a bunch of people we've never seen before. Right. Um, her whole team. About, her team. Uh, yes, about <laughs> how she wants um, more grandbabies. And <laughs> and that's, that's it, basically. Then they're presented to the world. And at that point in the film, we cut to the real life footage yes. of this event. Yes. And that was fun. They were like in the car and then they got out and it was like the real footage. And, yeah. I, and I and I loved that. Yeah. Um. I mean, Naomi, having like knowing what we know now, like, yes. what, the things that have happened since. Right. Um, and and having seen this film, do you think that you could be in a relationship with someone this famous, this royal, this, any of this? Famous, yes. Royal, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Honey, when have I ever kept my mouth shut? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, when have I ever, like, I like just the rules for existence 
it would be very stressful to me. You know what I mean? The way you have to like, you know, she dressed just like Kate. If you notice, you know, in her events, kind of once they got married, like it's like you got to dress a certain way. You got to look a certain way. I think you have to. I think yeah, you do rules. They really are rules. And it's like, and so it just feels like, you know, it's got very much like a mob family feel under the guise yeah. of history. And it's just like, I don't think I could ever. And, cer- and also certainly not as a black person, period. Like, again, I'm too dark for Harry. Harry was like, okay, what are my options? Okay, from eggshell to Botswana. Yeah, and- you know when they do those, like, um, coffee? How do you like your coffee? <laughs> he he did that, but with, with yeah. okay, we're going to, we'll have to pray edit that out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when I, I don't think I could follow the rules either. I mean, but I and, feel like and- you kind of could. Like, I feel like you would get along with the royal women, but I do think, like, you would do it and then like literally be like, get me a gin and tonic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I feel you- like I get too lit to like <laughs> keep it together. You know, like Megan just like really keeps it together so much. And and I I think she's like a very intelligent woman. I don't think she's like a, a wild gal. Right. It just seems like it would be so, so much pressure. And I just couldn't do it. I'm with you. I'm very much with you on that. Okay. Now, this is the point of the show where we want to bring in another set of eyes and ears to give perspective. Yes. And Naomi, this was a tricky one. We actually had a guest lined up who had to pull out of doing this interview because of everything going on. I mean, this topic is like too hot to handle. Well, you know, because we had someone who was over there who had ties yes. to the family. We had we had a UK insider. Mm-hmm. And this person was like, honey, we can't. We can't get into it. All hands on deck over here. So I think, you know, it was so great when you, you were like, we need another expert. We need yeah. someone who's at the top of their field. And you did it, Megan. You did it. You gave us, you brought someone in who just knows all things pop culture. Yeah. And I just feel so lucky. We get to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend, truly iconic, from everything iconic, Danny Pellegrino. All right, Naomi, I am so excited. Now, this film is really in the cultural zeitgeist I don't even like saying that I hear people say that and it's so strange but we we needed a cultural expert to come (laughs) in and to shed some light absolutely on everything that is Harry and Meghan and our guest today is host of truly my favorite podcast a man who has helped me through COVID your favorite through the quarantine him and Cody Rigsby they're you know my gay guardian angels Cody's a treasure Bringing me to the other side, please welcome Danny Pellegrino. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for Hi. having me. I'm I'm honored to be here, and I have so many thoughts about this movie, so I'm excited to chat about. Okay, great. Now, Danny, Naomi and I have admittedly said we were not huge royal heads. Like, when there was a wedding, we like a theme, we like a cocktail, we got involved, but we weren't like... We don't know their blood type, all of the things that people get into. How how much did you know about Harry and Meghan pre this movie and the Oprah and all of that? I mean, pre the Oprah interview, I didn't know a whole lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like enough to understand what's going on sort of loosely, but... Uh, I was not a royal hit either, you know, like I even during the wedding stuff, like I wasn't one of those people who was waking up early to to follow all of the wedding coverage or anything like that. So I knew a little bit of it and I'm loosely I feel like I knew as much about the royals as I did about suits. Okay, it was like I have I have an understanding that it's something that goes on, um, but I don't know much more than that. 
I know Catherine Heigl joined at oh. one point. Um, not the Royals, Suits. but I think she joined Suits but, uh, at one point. Okay, and, and we are a Justice for Catherine Heigl podcast here. <laughs> we think... She was cast out of Hollywood in an unfair yep. way. So happy to know that she's working. Because the last time I saw her, she was in like a cat food commercial. Right. She, she did Z-Quil commercial. She did yeah. the round. Z-Quil and That's cat what I. That was her oh. time. But my big question for you, Danny, did you watch this movie before or after the Oprah interview? After. Oh. No, I watched the I watched the Oprah interview when it aired and I loved it. I thought yes. it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I missed the primetime big mm-hmm. interview that we don't yes. get anymore. The Barbara Walters, mm-hmm. yes. the Oprah Winfrey. Yes. Like, yes. I need that to come back and uh, I would have liked it to be longer. I think it was still, wasn't it like two hours? It was two hours. It was long. Too many commercials. Yeah, two hours. Those right. commercials, you know, and they were milking yeah. it. They were milking them commercials. I said, this is her Super Bowl because they had a commercial every seven minutes. Well, and Megan talks very deliberate and so yeah. it's very slow and so if it was like any of the three of us twice <laughs> as much content would have come out because like we would have just been going through it faster but she's thinking so it's like we really only got like a hundred yeah. words from her over the course yeah, yeah, of two yeah. hours and then they also parsed it out over like the next week on gma it was oh, like yeah. every day i felt like i would turn mm-hmm. on the tv and they'd be like coming up on gma like <laughs> gail presents a clip from the oprah interview <laughs> i was eating all of it up too but yeah it was <laughs> That was, I think, when I really got into the royal. So I didn't see this movie, but then I watched the movie and I was like, oh, I wanted more. And I I read that they did a sequel as well as there's another one in production. Yes, absolutely. There's going to be a total of three. A trilogy. This is the Lord of the Rings. This is our Lord of the Rings. This is our Lord of the Rings, right. But then it's like, is it going to end? Because at some point I'm going to want to know like what extracurriculars Archie is doing (laughs) in LA. Like I'm going to want the family. We're we're not done after these three movies, I don't think. But wait, I have a question for you guys. When the sequel, so did you watch the sequel? I didn't watch it. Did you no, watch no, it? No, no, no. Have not. We seen have the not sequel. seen the sequel yet. So I'm. What I'm uh, led to believe is that they cast different people in the sequel. Yeah, there's like a so different. That was Harry. confusing okay. to me. You know what? Lifetime is on a schedule, and it's like, who is available? Are you redheaded? Right. Are you fine? <laughs> Are you tech available? And that's how they do it because they don't have time to wait for you when you're maybe shooting right. something in Vancouver and they need you in Toronto. You know. That is, but I wonder if the third movie is going to have, like if they had three different versions of people, I would really love that. By the way, I know this is not a Grey's Anatomy podcast, so I want to apologize for your listener, <laughs> to your listeners about what I'm about to say, but I just saw this clip of this week's Grey's Anatomy and they like filmed this character that returned. Oh, yeah. And they filmed her at a green screen because she couldn't come from Vancouver. And so now I'm just picturing like the Royal Wedding sequel where they film like <laughs> the actors in front of a green screen and then somehow have to like piece it together with some really ridiculous <laughs> CGI. And now I want that movie. I'm sorry. Well, no, that's right, because we've been talking about what we think the third one's going to be. And I, you know, for me, we definitely need Tyler Perry. Who's going to play Tyler Perry? Who's going to play the bodyguards? You know that. You know, Oprah is going to play herself. Naturally. Like she's like, I'm. I'm I'm ready. Who Cameo. else could do it? No one else. Nobody. No one. So Gail. I guess Gail. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see Gail do an Oprah. That would actually be wonderful. There's nothing I love better when like talk show hosts are in movies or TV shows and they're trying yes. to do like some acting as themselves. Yes. Like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anytime, I don't know if you guys lived in New York, Danny, I don't know if you ever did, but anytime Pat Kiernan from New York One appears on a television show, yeah. he loves mm-hmm. to be his Pat Kiernan self on all manner of programs. And you're like, all right, Pat, you can sit down. You're Canadian. 
like now that you you've seen the movie, you've had the Oprah interview, like where do you stand and did it did it evolve or change at all? Yeah, now I want everything. Like give me all the coverage, like give yeah. me the, <laughs> no. se- the sequels, the prequels, like this weekend I'll be catching up on that sequel with the new actors. Um I am want it all. I found it fascinating. Yeah. And I don't know, there's something about, we all live in Los Angeles now, there's something about them being like close and them <laughs> dipping into the podcast world where it's like, well, now we're colleagues. <laughs> like, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, Man, aren't they, they're so, so wait, clear that up. So they're doing, they got a Spotify deal, yes. is that correct? They yes. have a Spotify deal and then, it, and it was disclosed in the interview, Harry and Oprah have a, a new joint that they're working on together. Wow. So now we're competing with them on the charts. I yeah, mean, like, and, and you're and number I'm like, six. You're gonna be fine. We're over here trying to claw our way into the top twenty. Right. I mean, everyone that joins this field just makes it harder on all of us. <laughs> Especially like a prince and princess. Like right. that's dealing just... with royalty. Well, because that's the thing, right? Especially because he was like, "Well, I just am trying to make enough money for bodyguards." That was his whole thing in the interview. He's like, "I need bodyguard money," and it's like. We all do. Okay. Bodyguard money right. is above. That means you have paid your bills. That means you have a roof over your head. Bodyguard money encompasses all the things. So I really could not feel that bad. I really could not. I still, was, I was like, I was very surprised that Megan just didn't think they would be racist in real life. I was like, I was like, come on. I was like, I was like, literally these people like, they run on colonialism the way America runs they, on. They Duncan. invented it. They yes, they created yes. it. Danny, now you're you're and you're a Lifetime fan. Yes. Yes. And, okay. Yeah. Great. What is, what's your favorite Lifetime movie of all time? Okay. Well, I'll, actually, you know what? I was just talking to a friend about the Christmas movie from last year. Um, with there was they did a gay Christmas movie with Fran Drescher, yes, and yes. I like loved it. What was yeah. it called? I can't remember. But the Christmas setup is the movie you were talking about. It was so good. Yeah. The, the Christmas, Christmas setup. setup. Very cute. They're and also I like that it was a real life couple because I don't like when they will cast like two, a straight. Two straight actors. Oh, and be like, no. look at what they're doing. Right. And it's like, no, no, they're no. so brave. That like, <laughs> yeah, that SNL kiss. Oh, I did not like I that. Yeah. I don't. I yeah. I don't like when it's like, look, two men are kissing. It's like, just make it like two a gay big men. Joke right. that two guys kissed. I know. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. I I'm a big Christmas movie fan. And Lifetime just like stepped it up mm-hmm. in this amazing way. And I was watching. I was like, okay, Lifetime is is better to, than uh, Hallmark. Yeah. Okay, Danny, final final question. Do you have a favorite moment from this movie? We you know, we we went off on lots of no, tangents. I, <laughs> I know. Catherine Heigl stan account. My but. favorite <laughs> my favorite moment was the end of season two when Denny was hooked to the L Bad one. No. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm sorry. No, I I loved this. There was a lot of animal work in this movie that I felt like I just needed to mention mm-hmm. because it's not something I'm used to on Lifetime. And so I really felt like a lot of the budget must have went to like animal trainers and stuff mm-hmm. because there was like a giraffe, there was lions. Like it really felt like a lot of animals were involved in the making of this film. And so I just thought that set it apart in a in an interesting way. And I like that they referenced the crown, the mm-hmm. TV yes. show. Like there was yes. a weird meta-ness about that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that it gave it a... I was very surprised. Like, literally, when we opened up and we start in Africa, and I was like, okay, sweeping epic. We're already yeah. establishing <laughs> this, like, very just, like, 1980s sweeping romantic vibe that I wasn't expecting. I think you're right. You know, you sometimes think of Lifetime, you're like, one beige kitchen, one gorgeous backyard. And this one took us on an international journey, and that was beautiful. Like, we got a lion. We got a lion yeah. on set. Like, that's it. I, when we- the- they led us to believe we met that lion when he was a cub and a grown. <laughs> like we, it was basically we the lion king. Life. It was like yeah. the life of 
it was essentially the Lion King. Now, you always finish your um, interviews by asking your guests their favorite Mariah Carey song. Um, what is yours? Though? I love her. I mean, I love uh, I love Breakdown and I love The Roof, but my all-time favorite is a song called Forever off the Daydream album. Mm. It's like a really uh, throwback ballad, and I have like a good memory with my boyfriend with it. And But it's just like a very quintessential sort of 90s big ballad. And uh, mm, yeah it just brings back a good memory. And I, I think it's also, no one can, re, no one can sing that song. It's like her phrasing and everything is incredible. Oh, Danny, thank you so much for being here. Thank and thank you, you for, for keeping so many of us sane during this time. You do the Lord's oh work. God. You really do. Thank you, do. you both for having me. This was so fun. This was Great. so fun. Oh, Megan, was that just the best thing ever? Were you dying? It was such a thrill. I just, <laughs> and you know what? I'm just always so happy. I mean, I'm going to really try and be his friend in person. You have to. But it's so, when a Midwesterner gets mm-hmm. to just like hear another Midwestern accent, it's so exciting. That's so funny because he did not sound Midwestern to me. Maybe it's just the name Danny Pellegrino. I was convinced he was from Jersey. Yeah, you were going <laughs> to. He, I listen to his podcast all the time, and it has truly helped get me through. I so. thought you really were cool about it, like meaning you, you, you were effusive, but also yeah. I could tell you were giddy. But I felt like you really like played it cool. Wow. Okay, that means a lot because <laughs> I'm going to be analyzing every single every single thing. I <laughs> see. Now I'm like, oh, I'm starstruck. And handsome gay men—they always make me so excited. <laughs> Well, he was nicer than I thought, meaning I just assumed that because, you know, when someone is like, I'm iconic, I know everything about this, I thought he would be a little more dismissive. But that's not the But Midwest. he was very tender. He was very tender. That's the Ohio in him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A sweet, sweet, tender. Can you imagine? Sometimes I imagine if I was born and raised in Connecticut, how crazy I would be. Not that people from Connecticut, but like. Oh, me, no, no, no. I, no, needed, I can attest. Yeah. Yep. I needed Indiana to humble me. Yep. <laughs> And I think and I think Danny is so sweet and smart because of Ohio. I'm gonna yep. give that state credit even if it doesn't deserve it. <laughs> we hope you loved revisiting the Royal Romance and are ready to kick off the new year with a throwback lifetime joint because we're covering Mind Over Murder starring the Tory Spelling. Holly Winters is an unhappy in love prosecuting attorney. After suffering a serious head injury, she gains the psychic power to read minds and decides to use this newfound power to catch a killer. Starring Tori Spelling and husband or ex-husband Dean McDermott. Wow, I cannot wait to cover this one. Oh my (sighs) God, you guys, thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder. With Chris Boniello as sound mixer. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by Naomi and Megan. Us. 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 I mean, you you should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host. Okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. Ha <laughs> ha! 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.